And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in the weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I'd like to invite Keith up, the Reverend Keith Peeler. Um, some of you will know him. Some of you have been dragged along by him. Well done. Um, and well done choosing business class. The leg room up front is spectacular. Um, Keith is an old friend. We've known each other for nine months. And, uh, but sometimes you meet someone and you think, oh my goodness, I've known you forever. Um, we didn't coordinate eyewear, but we actually have the same glasses. The same kind of hair, though mine, well, we'll move on. And um, it's glory. It is it's the glory. glory. And, uh, and Keith and his wife, Megan, have a ministry to church leaders across, really, the world. And uh, meet with them, pray with them, and encourage them. And he's been such an encouragement to me since we met that um, I thought we'd invite him to speak today so that all y'all, see how I did that? I did, I like that. It's good the, for you. All y'all can be encouraged by him. So why don't you extend a hand of blessing towards Keith? We'll pray for him. Thank you. Lord, would you, we thank you for Keith. Thank you for the man that he is. Thank you for the heart that you've given him and the gift that he is to so many. Hmm. Would you come now and bless him and would you speak to us through him as he preaches in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Let her in. Thanks, buddy. Well, it, it's my joy to be with you. Um, I had to put a timer. He said I have 20 minutes. And like for me, that's just like when I'm getting started. So bear with me. I'm going to go really, really fast. Just kidding. Uh, I am, I, I am, I'm just honored to be with you. I actually uh, got to sneak in to this building with you all the first time you came here for worship. And I got to join you just kind of in the distance. And, and as, as Dave mentioned, uh, our friendship has been instant. It has been an instant brotherhood and uh, easy, easy friendship because of the power of the Spirit. Easy friendship because of the power of the Spirit. And so in friendship, when it happens that way, first, you, you can't ignore it, and then second, you can't deny it. And the connection was instant. I, I physically met Dave uh, at All Saints, and I'm a part of a larger organization called Novo, and Novo is hosting uh, a, a city worship event. And at that event, as we were gathered, uh, the training that Novo had been doing was teaching about our spiritual authority and teaching prayer tools and how to pray in the spirit and how to bless people and how to pray for healing and how to, to make the natural things of the scripture, supernatural things, natural to us. We serve a supernatural God, but we live in a natural world, and bringing heaven to earth via prayer, communion, the gathering and the fellowship of the saints like we are here today, that is where we see the intersection, the power between the natural world that is so obvious and the supernatural world that is not. 
the great mystery of the battle of good and evil, angels, and the very real presence of demons. But in that intersection of prayer, the intimacy that is developed, the wholeness, the power, the connection, both with brothers and sisters, reconciling unto another, confessing their sins, becoming the body together, but also in the supernatural way that then we become connected by the Spirit. So in this prayer time, uh, it was a wonderful time of prayer, and I just got to be in the audience. I was just hanging out in the back, and there was a call to prayer. And they said, look, guys, we've been, we've been teaching these tools over these months of this training. You've learned some things. We've learned to listen, to pray, and then we experiment. We do these prayer experiments. So let's do one. We, we've learned these tools. Let's just do some stuff. And the invitation was given, and, and at that time, Dave came back, and I was having kind of a moment with the Lord, and, and he said, Brother, I feel like I have a word for you. Can I share it? And we, we had the word, and he shared it, and it, it just resonated with my spirit. And I was like, that was directly from the Lord through my friend, my new friend, Dave. And that friendship was instant. And then Dave said, so when are you moving to Dallas to work with our church? I said, hold on, but easy. <laughs> Not happening. We live in Wimberley, Texas. We love it there. We just moved there 18, 19 months ago. But here, here's why I'm, I want to bring up the importance of that story. And, and, and it's not just why I'm here today, but it's really about what the scriptures that we just read talked about. And I want to remind you of a few of the things that maybe you heard, because I'll be honest, sometimes when I'm in the sanctuary, when I'm in the service, and I'm, I've gotten my kids to the church, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of reading through the words, but I'm, I'm kind of zoning out. And so I want to highlight maybe some things that that if you, like me, were zoning out or, or didn't connect the dots with, I want to connect some dots of what I've been hearing in my heart about who the king is in my life, in your life, and in our shared life together. I found a great tension in the psalmist and our brother Paul. And I wonder if you heard it. The tension is this. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High God will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 5, then I'm jumping down. Then the psalmist says, you will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day. Now I'm going to move to 1 Corinthians and read from Paul. Verse 3, when Paul says to his Corinthian brothers and sisters, I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. Who do we listen to? The psalmist? Or Paul? And the answer is both. This is the held tension in the here and not yet of the gospel of Jesus Christ. His blood that covers sin, breaks down chains and barriers, and sets the captives free is the same God that we dwell with and do not fear in the shadow of his wings. And it's the same God that calls us like Paul to step out of our faith comfort zone and stand up. And then he says this, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith 
might not rest in human wisdom, but on God's power. We're, we're smart people. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. <laughs> Says the guy from Oxford. And we are, and thank you, Lord, for our institutions of learning and training and understanding. But can I be honest with us for a moment? I wonder how much of an idol our knowledge and our theology has become. To divide the word so rightly that we miss the experience and the demonstration, as Paul says, of what? The power. The power. See, I'm much more inclined to intellectually understand and read books to help me understand my wife and our relationship. I heard someone mention the Strength Finder in, uh, as I was coming in. We love to read things, to learn things about each other so that we can understand, to think rightly, to take the, the gospel and its message and apply it in the right contextual way in the right understanding of the theological precepts and, and taking with the historical understanding and the culture of its time and saying, what does that mean then for us now? And these are wonderful, important, foundational truths of how to approach the word, but not to the detriment of what? The power what good is it to follow weak Jesus? Do you believe that Jesus is who he says he is? Let me remind you of Paul's story. On the road to Damascus, then called Saul, killing Christians, obtaining from the religious leaders of the time, the appropriate legal paperwork to kill the followers of the way, those that met and then followed Jesus. And on that road to do more damage, what happens? Power. Power happens because Saul is struck by the Lord in a cloud of white light and rendered blind. And Jesus supernaturally, not in presence, but from the clouds and the heavenly places says, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And then the man who is the most lethal to all Christians goes to a town where Ananias, who knows exactly who he is, the Lord visits supernaturally and says, go and meet this man. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, no. Because I'm a man of reason. I know who that is. I know what it's going to cost. I know what might happen if I do what you ask me to do, Lord. Paraphrasing, adding some story to this, obviously. But out of obedience, he does what the Lord asks him to do. Scales fall from Saul's eyes in power transformation. 
I spent years, decades even, understanding Jesus, learning about my Father in heaven, reading texts about the Holy Spirit, but not experiencing power. Intellectual aerobics. Good stuff. Lots of Bible studies. When you have a problem, what do you do? We go to a Bible study. Because if we learn more, then certainly the more we learn, the more we understand, the more we understand, the more it's going to be real, right? No. Reading for understanding is not reading for relationship. And Paul very clearly says to us, I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. Why? Because he experienced the power of the Most High King. When you are zapped with power, anybody ever done some electrical home at home DIY? <laughs> and that screwdriver when the circuit isn't turned off and you didn't turn the right and you'd ah! you don't do that again if it happens. Why? Because you experienced the power. And with fear and trembling, the next time you go to work on another socket, you go, all the circuits are going off. I am not touching that again. Why? Because you've had an experience with power. And if we're honest with ourselves, it's terrifying. And I don't mean the electricity from the wall. To experience power from on most high is, if we're honest, terrifying. And yet, it's the core of our beliefs. We cannot give our lives to Jesus without understanding the power that raised him from the dead. We cannot follow Jesus, as the John verses says, without the presence of the Holy Spirit. I have much more to say to you, says John in, verse, in chapter 16, verse 12, than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you in all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what, we, what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine, Jesus says. That is why I said, the Spirit will receive from me, Jesus, and he will make it known to you. In your prayer life, and this is not, this is rhetorical, don't, you don't have to answer out loud, I'm not trying to call anybody out, but let's just have a thoughtful moment. In your prayer life, do you, like Paul, expect power? Do you expect the presence of the Holy Spirit? Are you postured in a way that not theologically, but in the heart of your gut experience, like Paul says, not the wise words of some sermon and some 
good leader like my brother Dave. This guy's smart. But I want to challenge you guys. Don't let that get in the way of what he's trying to say to you. As, as this day is now upon us, and both Dave has, is accepting and you are receiving him, I want to challenge you. Do not let the details, the budget, the finances, the coordinating efforts, the administration, these are all good things. Please don't misunderstand me. But do not let that be what guides you. Let it be the power. Let it be the power. Otherwise, you're just going through the motions. You're just showing up, hearing the word, coming and going. But here's what I know about Dave. Here's what I know about all of my Anglican brothers and sisters, and I have many that I know and love dearly. They both theologically understand the power and practically demonstrate it. And I think if you're anything like me, I, I, I grew up in the South. I grew up Methodist and Presbyterian. And now I say I'm kind of a Methopresbycostal. <laughs> I just love the Lord. I love the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to see people catch on fire for truth. And in a world with so many mixed messages and so many arguments expectations, challenges both by media and politics, we are so inclined to see the people that are the problem in front of us, or the finances, or the details of the life, and they are all real. These are all real things. I'm not diminishing how difficult these things are. But we are so inclined with the natural mind to understand, to research, to discover, to argue that we forget, sometimes quickly forget, that there is power. Not ours. Keith has no power. Zero. This flesh thing, broken, just like you. But I do know this. I'm convinced of this because I've been through the fire, because I've seen the difference between knowing about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and being known by and knowing the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That, by demonstration of power, when you experience the power of the Most High King, you cannot deny it, like the electrical socket. I cannot deny the power that came out of the wall. I felt it. It hurt. It changed the way I think and act. Why? Because I experienced it. They didn't write a book. Of, I read the book about it. I knew that 120 volts was in there. Practically, I could see the diagrams of what to do and what not to do. But until I touched it, I didn't understand the power. Until I touched it. Are you keeping him at a distance today? Are you intellectually protecting yourself with your mental and emotional barriers? That's normal. 
totally. I mean, I, I do it, I fight it, but I do it. But my invitation, my invitation and challenge is to let the power in, to not be afraid of the power, because where there is fear, there are lies. And when we are afraid, which we all can be very quickly, when we're afraid, we erect protections. And those fear protections are lies to keep us. The enemy is very tricky. Lies from the enemy come quickly in the midst of fear. So as the blessing of the word, the blessing of this day, the blessing of St. Bart's moving forward in this time, in this space, for this neighborhood, for this season, for this time, are you going to heed the words and the tension that we see in the scriptures today? Psalmist, the protection. He will cover you. Do not fear. Paul, being honest, I come to you with fear and trembling. Fear and trembling. He came because he experienced the power. And then the promise in the Gospel of John from Jesus. The Spirit will come. The Spirit will hear from me. And the Spirit will reveal to you, to me. God is in the business of engaging his people. The power of the Holy Spirit is woven through Genesis to Revelation. Father, Son, Holy Spirit weaving the tapestry of our stories, our history, our songs, our gospels, our wisdom literature, all of it is worthless without the power. Otherwise, intellectual aerobics. Brothers and sisters, I bless you in the name of Jesus. I bless you to have ears to hear and eyes to see, a heart to be open, and a mind to comprehend the fullness, the sanctity, the holiness, the righteousness of the power of the Spirit that will lead you. And I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.